Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ravens became the first team in modern NFL history to lead the league in sacks, in turnovers, and scoring defense, and in large part did it because of a secondary led by Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens and led on the coaching front by our next guest. We go out to the WGK Law guest hotline. He, he coached the DBs this year. Now he's the defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. It's Denard Wilson. And Denard, thank you so much for joining us. I guess I'll start with Kyle Hamilton, who was a first team all pro this year how quickly and you were only here a year but how quickly when you were going through offseason stuff did you think man this kid's got a chance to be special well you knew that when he came out of college um when you evaluate him coming out of college you could do everything but when i got into the building and obviously um started to coach the guy uh you knew he was special he has all the intangibles he's a smart player he's fast he's physical uh, he can do it all, and you know he does it from a six plus six foot plus frame. Um, Cal, you know the the sky's the limit for that young man, and I'm proud of him. Uh, Denard, what was this like for you, sort of down down the stretch here? Like, I know the league, there's no perfect solution, and they try to find different ways to handle these processes. But you've got historic defense. You're preparing for a dynasty in the Chiefs. You know, there's there's maybe potential opportunities here. There's other teams that have interviewed you and want to continue to interview you. Um, and, and, you know, you maybe I'm going to go with someone here somewhere else. Like, how difficult is it to sort of juggle all that? And obviously you've got representation to help you, but this still seems like not perfect. Well, you know, during the, during the season, I tried to keep it, you know, the main thing, the main thing is just focus on the job at hand, you know, playing the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, playing Houston before mm-hmm. that. So my main focus was just trying to put my best foot forward in terms of uh, teaching and game planning and preparing to go play and win those games. Um, in terms of the other the other process, like you said, you have representation, but you know there's a a window before the AFC uh, championship game where you you have to talk to certain teams yeah. by Saturday. And uh, what happened was some teams came in late and wanted to uh, you know interview me via Zoom. So I had to do that on a on a Saturday, uh, either Friday or Saturday. But it, it it was fine, you know. Obviously, the game plan and stuff was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, my focus was mainly on that. And then when the interview process comes, it's about just being yourself and uh, being who you are and and, and rep- representing yourself in in the best way. Well, Denard, you touched on Kyle Hamilton, who was a top fifteen pick, but. Two guys that maybe fans didn't think would have significant roles this year, Brandon Stevens and Geno Stone, both having standout years. What did it? What was it like seeing both of them put it all together? Well, you just love to see any player's growth. Uh, it doesn't matter if it was Geno or Brandon. You know, anytime 
you have a player that you're around that grows and uh, reaches their expectations or play above their expectations. It's always a wonderful thing as a coach. That's why we're in this profession. You know, it's, it's, you get the guys, you, um, you start to have a relationship with them, build a relationship with them, but it's all about no matter who you coach, you want them to be the best versions of themselves on a consistent basis. So it doesn't matter if I was there with them or places before or being here in Tennessee, our main focus is, is allow the players to be the best versions of themselves. We're talking to Denard Wilson, Inside Access here on the fan. Denard, the season ends suddenly for fans. Only one team is happy at the end of the year, but you guys going through this magical season, it, I, it ends with a thud, but then you have to turn the page because you got to look out for you once it's over. How quickly is it like the turnaround? Like, and and can you shut it off? Like the the you're upset about losing, but now I got to look look to next year. Well, obviously, you know, unfortunately, I've been through two straight years of almost reach one going to the Super Bowl yeah. and losing, and then and then the next year uh, being one game away from the Super Bowl. So those are always hard. You know, you put in all this time and and all these uh, man hours on a daily basis to get to that point. Um, and, and to come up short is tough, but it, it makes you still continue to drive because you're still reaching, you're still trying to go reach that carrot. Um, but the turnaround, you know, the turnaround is fast. You know, obviously, you know, after um, after the uh, the AFC Championship games, you start getting calls and people want to do second interviews with you. And you know, fortunately, I had multiple calls, multiple uh, interviews, and it, you have to make a decision. You know, and you have to make a decision if you're offered the job and um, you know, it's, it's a quick turnaround. Like obviously I took the job. I'm here in uh, Tennessee right now, uh, you know, going through the process of putting the staff together. And now we're sitting here evaluating talent and everything jumps up on you quick, but um, it's part of it. Um, it's part of, you know, just anything you do in life. So um, I can be, I can handle it. You obviously have a, a, a unique background when you look at how, you played the game as a player and then being on the personnel side very early in your career and then moving up the ranks um, on the defensive side of the ball and bringing all these different experiences together and pulling from people. What were some things that you really feel like you benefited from You know, this one year in, in Baltimore and, and working with Harbs and working with Mike McDonald on a defense that, again, was historic? Well, look, you know, when you talk about Mike and you talk about Harbs and, and really – especially, you know, you work day-to-day with that defensive coaching staff, man, these, every one of those guys are great people. You know, it, it wasn't just about uh, being a coach. It was a brotherhood. Um, so being there was probably one of the best years of my life um, in terms of coaching. I had fun every day. We were uh, totally connected. You know, when we got on the field and got in the meeting rooms, um, we had one voice and one message. And, you know, being around Harbs and the way he, you know, goes about his business on a daily basis, the way he can get the players to buy in, um, just his messaging at the right moment. You know, there could be lows or there could be highs. And the things that he say he says, you know, it just resonates. Um, so there's many qualities, there's many great things that I learned from being there. And I'm, I'll be forever uh, grateful for the opportunity I had to actually uh, coach in Baltimore and be around all those uh, uh, great people. 
Coach, you and I uh, share a close friend in Bobby DePaul. <laughs> we call him the ultimate football yes, guy around here. Um, a huge part of, of our show. And I mentioned your background beginning in personnel. And we have a lot of fun with Bobby, but um, he's also one of the smartest football people I've ever been around. Just wondered um, what he's meant to your career and and just sort of your, your thoughts about the great Bobby D. First of all, we have to get Bobby to change his music. You know, some of his music coming in on, on, on the show yeah. is kind of suspect. Uh, some, yes. of the, some of the music is kind of suspect. He has autonomy, Coach. We we leave that yeah. alone, but maybe we need to work that into the next contract. Yes. You know, I think that's the, uh, the, the, the most favorite thing that he does, you know, getting the music. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, Bobby has been uh, – he he's been influential in my, uh, in my career, in my development. Like, you know, just like anybody, anybody that you uh, – when you're coming up, uh, you know, you learn from everybody. And Bobby, first of all, gave me an opportunity with the Chicago Bears when a lot of people wasn't giving me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he told me, because I always wanted to be a football coach, and the first thing he said, look, and you know how he talks, he said, yeah. come on, babe. He says, come on, babe. Come on out to Chicago. You scout for a few years. You'll learn how to be a scout, how to evaluate players. You'll learn how to work within a organization and with with your personality, your drive, and, and, and having a thorough understanding of organization, you'll become even more valuable, and you'll see things even clearer. So, you know, there's been moments in my career that can say that a turning point mm-hmm. uh, where where I feel that I got better, and obviously you keep getting better and better. But th- that moment right there was probably one of the biggest decisions I've ever made. And I still hold on to that. And I'm forever thankful uh, to Bobby DePaul for that. Denard, you you mentioned the Ravens culture being a brotherhood, the coaching staff. Well, Zach Orr getting promoted to defensive coordinator after Mike McDonald took the Seattle job. What did you think of that news? Man, I I couldn't be happier for an individual. Like I said, the connection, the brotherhood we had in in that building, in that defensive staff, there were so many guys in that staff that, that you know, uh, moved on, obviously. But he's the man for the job. And, uh, you know, Zach is going to do a hell of a job. He's smart. He's articulate. He's very detailed. He can hold people accountable. He has so much energy. Man, I'm, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for Mike. I'm so happy for Chris. You know, uh, I'm so happy for Weave. Everybody in that in that room, and even the young coaches that there, they have young coaches on that staff that's outstanding. Um, so I'm just happy for all of them. And, and Baltimore should be happy that they have uh, Zach Orr as their defensive coordinator. Hey, Denar, before I let you go, and you don't have to comment because you probably don't want to comment, but we want to let you know we've been fans of yours for a long time. We, we at IA said in real time we thought the Eagles screwed the pooch when they didn't give you the D.C. job a year ago, and turns out we were right because the guy didn't last very long. We also, when it looked like Mike McDonald was going to get a head coaching job, we were campaigning for you to get the Ravens' D.C. job. That didn't work out, but I, I guess what do you feel like you're bringing to Tennessee? Well, me coming to Tennessee, I'm going to bring an aggressive uh, mindset. Um, we're going to play hard. We're going to play fast. We're going to play physical. We're going to attack the ball with violence. We're going to be smart. We're going to be smart when we blitz. You know, we're going to play outstanding pass defense. You know, we're going to try to put people in positions to have success. And then at the end of the day, we're going to have fun doing it together. Uh, we're going to try to build a program that the players make the scheme come to life because they take ownership of the defense. 
And, you know, being here and I'm, I'm around a bunch of guys uh, on this coaching staff that I've coached with before um, that are great people. You know, Frank Bush is here who's been around for a long time, Tracy Rocker, Steve Jackson, Chris Harris, Ben Bloom, uh, Mike, uh, 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 and, and the list goes on. So it's, it's just great to be here, great to be around great people. Brian Callahan has been outstanding. Uh, Rand Carthon is, you know, I think he's go, he's a hell of a, a GM. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited. I'm just excited for the opportunity. You know, I learned this a long time ago when I was a young man. My dad used to always tell me, "No person is better than the opportunity." So when the opportunity comes, you got to be prepared for it. And I'm just, I'm excited about my uh, opportunity being here. Denar Wilson, one last question for you. It's not a sports question. It's a question we ask everyone that joins the show. It simply settles a debate here in the room. Simply, are you a bar soap or body wash person? Uh, I'm a mixture. I, well, I can go. Bar, so, I can Sophie's go, I can, choice, Denard. You got to pick one. I got to pick one. I'll go with the uh, bar. Oh, Good man. that's what surprise. Bobby D would have said too. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer, brother. Hey, continued success. Yeah. We will always be rooting for you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much thank for your you. time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Denard Wilson, the defensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, will come back. Orioles with some injury questions already to the pitching staff. So what's that mean as far as expectations for Dean Kramer? How good does he need to be? We'll discuss next here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good job, Ben. That's nice. Well done. Yeah, baseball bunch. and man, You had talk- to be there. The go-go yeah, 70s. Yeah, man. It was Early a good 80s. time. Hosted by Johnny Bench, San Diego Chicken, Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. These were good times. A lot times. of Ozzy Smith. Yes, there was. It, was. it was a good time to be a baseball fan. But alas, uh, we look ahead to this year. Dean Kramer last year. All things considered, 13-5, and 5, 4-1-2 ERA. He had a decent year. There were ups, there were downs, uh, but 13 wins out of a guy that we originally projected yeah. to be their fifth starter. We're thinking, okay, not bad at all. If he's their third starter, now what are we hoping for Dean Kramer? Well, and and look, I, I don't think that's really fair to Dean Kramer. I, I think there's certainly room for improvement. I think Dean Kramer is sometimes his own worst enemy, uh, maybe even more often than not his, his own 
worst enemy, but I, I know they'll continue to work with him on managing some of his own tendencies on the mound, where, again, I, I do think he sometimes falls into a rut of, of really focusing on a certain pitch and trying to get a certain outcome with the fastball or with the cutter and forgetting about the curve and forgetting about sort of that him and his totality, the full pitch mix is probably him at his best. Uh, I think he'll get better. Um, He's young. He's been pretty durable, which is obviously a great ability for a starting pitcher. But I I don't think it'd be fair, Bone, to like now think he's going to like give them what like maybe Jordan Lyles gave them last year. Like, I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like Kyle Gibson. Gibson. I mean, Kyle Gibson. Yeah. You know, I don't know that he's going to be there in terms of innings pitched. I don't know if he's going to be there, um, you know, even just in terms of quality starts. uh, He is still young, and I I think there are probably some limitations to, to, you know, to his projections. Although Dan Dan Zembrowski did tell us that Zip still loves him, Zip <laughs> loves him. But it's it's kind of funny because yeah. you go to Baseball Savant, they, they don't necessarily love him. Doesn't really not a pretty any, page. Any yeah. of the categories, no. but look, you got to give him credit in the fact that heading into that Brave start at the beginning of May, he was pitching for his job. He went out, had a really good start there, and then. For the 26 starts, you know, following that, 359 ERA, 691 OPS against him. The fielding independent pitching, though, 426. So that's six tenths, seven tenths of a run there difference. Look, Dean Kramer as a five, when we were talking about it yeah, two days fired ago, up. I, I think, yeah, you feel really you feel good great about, about it. it. You feel really good about it. But. As a three in the short term, I feel like the less pressure on him, the yes, better. Exactly. Right? The yes. less, the more yes. other people around him he thinks can shove, yeah. the more he backs off himself, the less he then he gets out of his own head. I, I worry about him. And even just sometimes the, you look at the, the caliber of the pitcher he's up against. Like, I'd prefer him to line up with more of the back end of people's yeah. rotation than the top end, where maybe he sees a guy who has elite stuff and he tries to be, you know, he kind of tries to match that a little bit, or you know, oh yeah, I really love my cutter. So, yes, ideal four or five all day long, but he's someone who would be all of a sudden looked at. Let's just say everything's status. Let's say worst case for Bradish, and we know that means is at least a month behind. Yeah. Even if you're going with a four man rotation, like he's in. he's pitching the second game yeah. of the season. Like eh, I don't love that. Yeah. You think he'd be slow above Grayson? After Grayson, yeah. I yeah. mean third game third of the game. season, whatever. Uh yes, I, I I they need another arm. Like they 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 have to they have to brace for the worst. They have to try to mitigate potential disaster. Uh and even with Bradish, like even if their way forward works or seems to be working, it could. It's also yeah. a bit of a ticking time bomb. Yes. Hey, we have some breaking news on a guy that we have talked about as far as the Orioles are concerned. Whit Merrifield signs a one-year, seven million dollar deal with the Phillies, club option for eight million with a one million dollar buyout, so he gets eight million dollars mm-hmm. guaranteed. So he gets Adam Frazier money, and he's he's better than Adam Frazier. Yes, but that's what they gave. They gave Frazier eight million dollars yes, last did. year. 
Uh, he's one of the few guys out there who we thought would make sense in a super utility role. Um, it's going to be a young team. That much is obvious. And if they're making a move right now, I got to think it's for a starting pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. If he's if he's eight, well, what's you know, Ryu projects. People are saying Spotrack eight nine million dollars a year. Let's let's do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I'm completely with you. Hey, coming up next, what about Jesus Lazardo? Uh, Orioles were in contact with the Marlins at some point talking Jesus Lazardo. Is that something that can still be on the front burner? We'll talk to Craig Mish, covers the Marlins. Uh, he's with Sports Grid, also does some stuff with the Miami Herald. He joins us next here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. On the fan. Jason LaConfora, Tim Barbalace, and Dennis Wyman's brother, Ken. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Inside Access. I hope that their first child be a masculine child. 105.7 The Fan. Orioles acquired Corbin Burns a couple weeks ago. A report surfaced yesterday about interest in Jesus Lazardo and with potential injury news with Kyle Bradish. Let's head out to the WGK Law Guest Hotline and we go where we go when we want Miami Marlins news. It's Craig Mish, Sports Grid, and Miami Herald. And Craig, thanks as always for joining us. So I guess to the best of your knowledge, when were these talks? Is this now back burner? Could this be be, be back on the front burner? Well, hey, guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, these were prior to the Orioles acquiring Corbin Burns. So, I mean, I suppose it's great that the teams had dialogue about players at that time. I'm not sure that that will continue at this point because, uh, you know, clearly Mike Elias and the Orioles, they very much value the prospects that they have in the minor league system. And I just don't know how far deep they'd be willing to go to continue to push to get another pitcher. But it does seem to me that because they were not able to acquire Lazardo, they were you know pivoting over to Burns in the one year. I I do wonder though, Craig. Like 
this kid's got three years of control left, and Burns is gone after this year. And John Means, the only lefty they have under contract, you know, major league contract right now, he's up after this year, and and he's already behind again. Like I, I still feel like there's plenty of smoke here because I, I love going to the Marlins roster resource page because they match up so well with sort of short and long term needs and what the Orioles have. Like you know what I mean? Josh Bell's like a placeholder at first base. Like what would Ryan Mountcastle or Kobe Mayo? look like there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at Garcia as the DH and saying, boy, I wonder what Kyle Stowers would look like in that ballpark as the DH. Or even an outfielder like a Colton Kowser, um, right? Because Burdick and 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 uh, Blade, none of those guys, Misner, right? None of them worked out. But, like, the Orioles still have more outfielders than they can even fit. Am I crazy to still feel like the, there's a lot of matches here? I think so, but it just comes down to again, you know, the, the the Astros system. Previous, you know, when Michael Elias was with Houston, I mean, all along the lines as they were building back toward that team, and even trying to get better, it was a continued process of draft and develop and, and use the the money on the international guys too. So, I think your thought process is right, and I think Miami would play ball with Baltimore. I don't think there's any question, but it is going to be painful for the Orioles farm system to acquire a pitcher that's basically looks like the ace or, or, you know, a secondary pitcher at the very worst would be a number two starter with three years of control. And that's going to cost the Orioles a lot. So while the names you're bringing up are nice, it's going to require several of those yeah. players. And, and it's easy to see from the outside looking in that maybe that's something the Orioles should do, but that's just not been the MO for the way that Michael Elias operates. And so I don't know, maybe that would change. Maybe a new, you know, owner coming in certainly could, you know, make some of those calls too and say, I think we should do this or that. And furthermore, maybe an old owner going out would say, Hey, look, I want to make one final push. I mean, I, those, those are all within the scope of possibilities for the Orioles, but they were not willing to go the extra mile to get Lazardo. Uh, and so what would why would I be left to believe that all of a sudden they're going to do it now when they took the easier route by getting burned? So I don't know. I, 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 I agree. There's good matches there. <laughs> the Orioles have a lot in the farm system. The Marlins do not. But I just don't know that Baltimore is going to be willing to give shell out another you know two or three top prospects to get it done. We'll see. How much do you think, if at all, the fact that like Mayo is a kid from down there, and even Mountcastle's a Florida kid, but not really South Florida, and like with some of the international splashes they made, like on the Mesa Mesa and the Mesa Mesa Junior or whatever, like them not really working out, but like getting a Samuel Basayo, right? Who there's no there's no catcher of the present or the future. It doesn't seem like in that system. Do you think some of that would be of particular interest to them? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think Basayo would definitely be somebody that the Marlins would be interested in, and I reported that this week in the Herald. But I don't know that the Orioles are willing to give him up in addition to several other players to get Lazardo, and, and I don't think that that would you know, certainly warrant being enough for a guy with three years of control. Mm-hmm. So what would a deal look like? Miami's two weaknesses at the moment are catcher and shortstop, so I thought – Maybe adding Ortiz and Basaya would be a good place to start, but my understanding is that the Orioles were not willing to do that for Lazardo. So if that's the case, would they all of a sudden be willing to do it now with Bradish being out? I can't answer that question. Right. Certainly, it would seem to me that it would require 
somewhere along the lines of two top 50 prospects in baseball or at least two one, top 100 prospects in baseball to get a player like Lazardo. I mean, the, the guys like that just don't grow on trees. They're very hard to find, especially, by the way, guys, there's the key, with team control yeah. for three years. It's just a huge difference. Oh no! I know. Trust me, we're begging them to pay the price. I, I would, I would, I, if I was running this team, this trade would have been done before Corbin Burns. Craig, do, do you ultimately expect him to get dealt prior to the deadline? Uh, the the trade deadline or the or, or trade deadline? Trade, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, look, I I think Miami's in a very awkward spot right yeah. now because they they would like to win and they would like to build off what they did last season. But as far as the on-field Major League product is concerned, they haven't shown a lot that they're really interested in doing that. What they have shown is that they're willing to add a lot of pieces to their front office and sort of reconfigure the infrastructure of the organization. That doesn't move the needle for the fans. What moves the needle is acquiring players and making transactions. So I think we're going to have to see where things stand at that point in June or July. And if Miami is in it, I do think they'll stand pat and or even add. They proved that last year when they got Josh Bell and they got Berger and they got Robertson. So I could see them going that route again if they're in it. But if not, clearly Lazardo would have a ton of value at the trade deadline. He would have the most service time remaining with two and a half years as opposed to two years, which will be after the season. So I certainly could see that scenario playing itself out, but still remains to be seen because we don't know if Miami will be in it or out of it. And clearly while they may not win the World Series this year, Miami is by no means, with all due respect to Oakland or Colorado or one of those teams, I think they're far above where those teams are. Um, I think a lefty would be ideal for the Orioles because of, duh, what they did with their ballpark. Um, obviously, the the Marlins are deep there with Garrett and Rodgers. What do you think happened with Rodgers last year? Like, what is the early buzz on him? Is is Does it feel like a reclamation thing? Or did he just lose his... His feel, his touch last year, I mean, obviously, that was a pretty rapid decline. Yeah, it was was really two years ago where we saw that. And then last year, he was starting to look better and then had this awkward injury where he hurt not his throwing arm, but it was the other side of his arm. It was the right side where he had some sort of like, I think it was like a labrum or pectoral injury that just sort of bothered him. It popped, and then he missed the rest of the season. Uh, you know, look, sometimes pitchers have that rookie season where they look great. The league figures them out a little bit, and then the rookie has to make adjustments. And I think maybe it's just a matter of that. But there's no shortage of teams that would take him immediately and, and try to reclimate that mm-hmm. quickly because he's got incredible stuff. And as far as Braxton Garrett is concerned, in this day and age of baseball, guys, and by the way, Garrett has some uh, little nagging injury right now that they reported today in spring training. So that's something to watch, by the way. But as far as Garrett is concerned, unfortunately, as you guys know, like there's not a lot of trade market for a pitcher who you know doesn't throw 97 or 96. Like he's low 90s, so he's worth more to the Marlins maybe than he's worth to mm-hmm. other teams because those pitchers just in general are not coveted on the trade market. It's if you don't throw, you know, fast 94, 95, 96, and you're low 90s, that's the kind of player you may as well just keep because no one's really going to give you fair value back for that. Craig Mish, always great, man. Thank you so much for your time. Um, who knows? We might be talking. I in the think near we will be. <laughs> well, we'll we will see. Remains to be seen. If so, call me up. <laughs> Thanks Thank so you. much, Craig. We appreciate it as always. All right, guys. Have a great day. You, you too. too. Coming up next, a little purple rain in the forecast. Do we see a reunion with Jadavian Clowney? What would that cost? What about Kyle Van Oy? 
We'll get into that coming up next. Remember, Anthony Weaver, new D.C. in Miami, former Ravens assistant, joins us at 5 here on The Fan. First down at 10, San Francisco. Purdy under center, takes the snap, back to pass. Looks right, nothing there. Wrapped up, sacked again. They got him down back around the 31. Jadavian Clowney gets home for the Ravens. I hope so, man. Like I said, man, I enjoyed coming to work. Man. It made my life a lot easier this year. I probably why I played at a high level because I wouldn't have no pressure. It was just come in and have fun and be yourself and uh, just play ball. It was never no pressure throughout the week on anybody. But, uh, yeah, I would love to come back here and play. Jadavian Clowney with the sack and then talking about liking it here in Baltimore. And after a few years of looking like a nomad, it felt like he found a home in this Mike McDonald defense. Nine and a half sacks. He played all 17 games. Kyle Van Oy only played 14. He had nine sacks. So if they wanted a reunion with one or both, what's that going to cost? Well, look, you know, you look at some of the analytic sites and um, sites like Spotrack that really get into the weeds on salary projections or whatever. I mean, they're they're saying seven point two for Clowney. I think if the Baltimore Ravens could get Davion Clowney for one year, seven point two million, that that would have happened yesterday. Um, he made four five last year. His base was like one five, but when you factor in signing bonuses and and um, incentives, you know, he he ended up bringing home about four point five. Two years ago, 2022, he signed a one-year $10 million deal with mm. the Browns. There's no way I think in hell he has any intention of playing for less than that. Why Why should he? After the year he had? Now, and he said a couple times in that clip, no pressure. There was no pressure because he signed for $2 million to sign and a $1.5 million base. That's why there was no pressure, right? He The, the pressure is on people like Owe or Ajabo, mm. right, to show they belong or or whatever. Um Reminder, too, he had nine and a half sacks. If he could rap, he might have had 15. But he was a complete football yeah, player. I yeah. mean, he he stout against oh, the run. Great. I mean, yes, it's a great fit here, but ultimately this is about money. And I, I, I can't imagine that coming off a season like that, he's not going to want somewhere between 10 and 12 million. That's what I'm guessing. Maybe Spotrack's closer to the truth. I, I would be shocked if he's going to play for seven. Didn't Justin, Justin Houston got like five something from Carolina last year. Didn't he six? And then he was, they walked away from him. Like how was this guy's going to come play this year for that? I, I, I just don't see it for what it's worth uh, over the cap. They do the valuation of his season. So this is 2023, what it is worth. And they had it at 15 million. So I was big, just saying, 10 to 12 big, to me would be like, that's the hometown discount. I, I and I get it. You 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 want to pay for future production, not past. Sure. And he is not an ascending player, even though he had an ascended season. But it's never a great free agent class. There's never a lot of pass rush on the market. Um, and and whatever we want to say about him, he's bounced around plenty. So going mm-hmm. somewhere else and having to reprove himself ain't nothing new to him. And the other thing you got to consider, you got. Ravens West with the Chargers, right? And Ortiz and the head of analytics who went over there and Harbaugh and Greg Roman. Yep. You've got Mike McDonald. Anthony Weaver right now in my, who we're going to talk to in a minute mm-hmm. in yeah. Miami. You got Mike McDonald in Seattle. You got Denard Wilson we talked to at 4 o'clock in Houston. I mean, in Tennessee. Now, yeah. I know he left Tennessee on not the greatest terms, but I'm just saying that, like, you're telling me this guy's $7 million, Bo Track? I don't see it. 
By the way, uh, Justin Houston got $6 million from Carolina. And they're saying this guy's basically going to come in for that. I don't see it. Yeah. He definitely earned a heck of a lot more than that. But it, it's an interesting decision, one of many that Eric DaCosta has. I wouldn't bring back both of those guys, talking about Van Noy and right. Clowney, but I would be looking to bring back one of them. You would think that Clowney's going to have the higher price of tag uh, because he's just, frankly, a better player, more complete player. But uh, what's what's Van Noy cost at this point? Well, I think it, he he costs what he thinks he's worth, and I I don't. I would think early in he's someone who's looking to at least. What did he play for? A couple million bucks last yeah, year. He yeah. showed up and showed up week four. How is really? he not thinking I'm worth six? To, I think he's got to be thinking I'm worth six to eight. I think that's more his projection than what they've got for Clowney. I, I don't. I mean, and if he and you know what, if he is going to end up having to play for less than that, I don't think you're finding out till July. Because if it's not knocking him over, he's not. This guy just showed last. Neither of these guys, like they just showed you last year. So that's the other thing. Now we've got more turnover here, right? Yeah, a lot of it's from within, but it is very different. Not everybody's from within. You'd love to have core guys here for the start of workouts, not signing dudes off the street in July. So. I'm with Bone. I, I think there's a way to bring one of them in. And look, Bowser's going to be off your books. Yes. At whichever, you know, the, one of these guys you don't sign is off your books. Um, I, I I think Jadavion Clowney, they're not going to have that many deals, I think, from guys making 10 to $12 million a year. But he'd, he'd be one I think you'd have to you'd have to gamble on. I completely agree. Hey, coming up next, we talked to Denard Wilson at 4 o'clock. He's now the defensive coordinator in Tennessee, leaving the Ravens staff. Well, Anthony Weaver is now the defensive coordinator in Miami. He left the Ravens staff, and he joins us next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 